Hello and welcome to another episode of Tribecast. I'm your host Harry and today we have an interview with Reto Kainulainen, who is the CEO and co-founder of Ultimate AI. I hope you guys enjoy. So hi Reto, thanks for um, taking some time out to come and talk to us. Of course, of course. Really nice to be here. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Reto is the CEO and the co-founder of Ultimate AI. So when I was doing a bit of research into the company, I was like, instantly blown away by the growth and progression of the business, but also the service that you guys provide. So from working as a customer service agent, I can really appreciate how useful this tool is for both business and customer service agents. Um, but in your own words, can you give us a little bit of an overview about what Ultimate AI do? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe kind of, bit of a high level context of where we operate i think the, the big dilemma here is that i used to work in customer service in it help desk the big issue there is that consumers are demanding more and more um everything is instant nowadays you have netflix you, you press a button world delivers food in 30 minutes um but then if something goes wrong you're not going to wait 24 hours to get your solution done. Also, everybody's now in this, well, for the majority of the world, there's new digital channels uh, with our instant messaging, watch up, chat. Um, and everything is public. So basically, if companies are not providing good support, it's not just your friends who are going to hear about it. Basically, the whole world is going to hear about it. So that puts a lot of pressure for companies and on the company side it's almost a paradox because what they kind of want really often is to provide an amazing customer experience so increase the CSAT or NPS while decreasing costs and that's also an equation that doesn't really pan out and unfortunately who's in between of these two, the agents, right? So the customer service agent is the one who's taking the pressure from the consumers, taking the pressure from the companies to do more, faster, better. Um, and we're just humans. So what we're kind of trying to accomplish here is our goal is not to get rid of the agent because it's still about human-to-human -human, uh, connection, what is support, but really take away a bunch of this kind of repetitive... Um, it doesn't even have to be repetitive if there's a process that is well-defined that the agent needs to follow. Take those away from them. Uh, take away a lot of the admin work they have to do. So maybe as a customer service agent, you know that the conversation itself is, is one part, but then you have to do a lot of admin work during and after. You have to tack the case. You have to create a case, escalate, merge, check if there's other tickets around, um, add some add summaries and stuff. So kind of if we can take a lot of that admin work away, the agent can actually focus on just having a really nice conversation. And that's on a high level what we're trying to do here. We also feel like going forward, just throwing humans at this problem, like just trying to get more and more agents, it's not sustainable. And it's also harder to find a, uh, a kind of agents who's going to have a 30-year career in support. So our kind of take on this is to try to build the world's best agent by applying kind of state-of-the-art deep learning technologies to understand parts of the conversations, automate even end-to-end -end 
chats, emails, um, instant messaging, WhatsApps, or just automate some of the admin work. I really often say to many of our customers that the target should not be 90% of the conversations automated today because let's face it, the, the experience won't be great at that point. But the goal is to take away about 30% and then for the rest of the time, support the agents that the agents going to actually enjoy enjoy their work, which means that they will actually then translate into amazing experience for the consumers. So that's kind of the, the long blurb, what we do. And well, technically what we call ourselves is we're a customer service automation platform, but that doesn't sound as, uh, <laughs> as relatable. <laughs> And you guys were founded in Finland in, in 2016. And over the last four years, you've seen this massive growth. But how did you and your team start to turn the original concept into a product and then into a viable business? Yeah, that's a very good question. We, we're quite a traditional, like, let's say, technical co-founding team. So the whole idea actually started in a hackathon. I was really kind of surrendered to this event where um, a company in Finland was looking for uh, help for uh, for support or basically events. And when you have events, there's a lot of fluctuation in support. So they're looking for help for that. Um, We came up with um, kind of a real simple solution there. And how we started is we didn't think about the big picture at that point. We just... Thought this is cool. My co-founder Yako has masters in uh, machine learning and NLP, so we thought let's let's kind of build the technology. So we just built the algorithms, the deep learning based algorithms. There was no product, um, and then we got some traction. So I think we kind of hit the nerve a bit, and we figured out that, hey, this this technology could be used to help these agents to automate some parts of their workflows. And, and then we started to really think, okay, what is the product? And it took us, to be honest, a long time. Um, we mostly work with big companies. I remember demoing to one large public company, our solution, and the only thing I was demoing was uh, Acer console logs. So I just showed what was the output of the algorithm. That was my demo. So it was really raw. But they actually started to work with it with, it, with us. Um, and they, they still are customers. They're one of our great customers. Um, so maybe that says that you don't really need this super polished product to get started as long as you have a kind of a strong problem that you're, you're solving. But then I would say the big acceleration for us was regarding to um, Techstars in Berlin. That was 2017. And there they really pushed us to think like, guys, how do you make this a, a kind of world-class scalable product? And I think there uh, we started to really think about what is the scalable version of us. And yeah, and here we are. <laughs> um, and with working in technology like ai especially it's all about constantly developing and today in general technology is always evolving so from that start of creating the algorithm how has ultimate ai developed um, over the years since its original inception well i think in the beginning it was a lot about the ai so well that was the only thing we had but also i feel like there was way more hype it was very new um, back then so a lot of the discussion were about how the actual algorithm works. It was a lot of fun, but I think as we evolved as a company and a product organization, we kind of realized that the AI itself is just one piece. It is a core piece, of course. Without that, we had nothing. But still, like a lot of the value we create today is like we have an amazing AI research team. 
So we actually have this nice pipeline where we come up with ideas and the research team will kind of do their thing and, and we have a full kind of cycle how we iterate an MVP and then launch it to production. But so much of our product today is the tooling on top of that. And also talking with customers and prospects, like I usually say that there's an AI in our name. I think that's enough. You don't have to talk about the AI itself too much. You know, like it works, it's good, but it's more about how do we fit this into your into your workflows, into your processes, into your organization. That's more important for customers. Like for example, we how our solution works is we are literally a virtual agent in Zendesk or in Salesforce. We don't have our UI for agents or UI for users. We are kind of pretend to be a user. Um, so it's really important for us to kind of build on top of that on how do we connect to Zendesk? How can we see that this customer has tickets open in another side of Zendesk or from chat to email. And all of these kind of things are way more important for our customers than just hyping up that like, yes, the algorithm is deep learning and, and, and so on. And we can clearly see from the, the quality of service that you guys provide, that's one of the key pillars of your business. And just by looking at the testimonials um, from different companies like Finair, Posti, Telia, you can clearly see that um, it's a bit more than the product. It's the full service that you offer. Um, but what would you say are the ultimate AI's key values? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. So I would say kind of the few things we're very strong is, like, I would say the foundational thing as, as the founders of the company is that we have strong opinions, but we don't hold them through to uh, tightly, uh, if that's how you say it. So basically, we we constantly try to learn from our customers to understand this is a whole new market. So it's not like these solutions have been around for 30 years and customers don't know what these solutions can be. So it's important to really be close to the customer, iterate with them. And that's why this kind of uh, almost a service-like approach where we have a fully scalable product, customer can install it with one click, they can design everything by themselves. But because it's a new, conceptually new thing, it's important for us to provide that service, be there, help them understand how do you design conversational experiences. Uh, we have great customers like Telia has an amazing kind of automation team. So they, they've actually, uh, I think in some parts, they're way better than us uh, building this for themselves. But in the beginning, we kind of had to kind of kickstart them, train them. So I think that that's a really important part. Um, also, kind of the, the approach how we think that we're not trying to replace, like somebody said that we're, we have the Switzerland approach. So we're, we're not the ones who are going to pick which CRM you should work with. Uh, we're not the ones who say that you only should automate. What we do is, hey, we're going to come into your organization. Our agent, virtual agent will come into your organization and act as one of your human agents which means that you don't have to change your processes. You just need to map out your processes into our tool and then we'll provide the value for you. And I think final thing, like let's say values for us is we are a deep tech company. And I, I kind of talked earlier that the AI is not like the main focus right now, but that being said, the AI is super important for us. Like we, we really, especially languages. So I always joke that the, uh, for once, it's useful to be a Finnish company or, or like at least no Finnish as your uh, native language because we had to build something that was super difficult to do. 
And, and once we did it, that's actually a core USP of the whole company that now we have customers live in Arabic, in Mandarin, in Russian, in, uh, um, in a bunch of different languages. And being able to invest in this kind of language agnostic approach as a European company is also kind of a core value of us, um, which then on a business sense benefits us because a lot of our customers are big global companies. So it doesn't matter if they are based in New York, they still operate globally. So I think those things when it comes to products um, are really important for us. And ultimately the flexibility is kind of, would you say that's what kind of sets you guys apart from any competitors? Yeah, I would say we are more of the kind of the enterprise grade product. So we're not the oh, build a bot in five minutes and put it on your website kind of a company. Because to be honest, I, I haven't seen those really work. What we do is we say, hey, we're going to go there where the conversation is already happening. So companies like B2C companies, airlines, telcos, e-commerce companies, where they already have thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of conversations in chat, in email. We go there. Uh, we have a lot of nice tooling to automatically analyze and automate and understand wh- how those processes are handled today. And then our customers can map out the, the automation layer uh, on top of it. And it, it means that every company... The customer service is not the same for every. If it's an insurance company, two insurance companies, they don't have the same service. They don't. Have, they might have similar questions, but the answers are very different, and the processes are very different, as it should be. So it's important for our platform to be able to be flexible enough for these companies to really tailor it for themselves, and for us to help them do that. So that's yeah, I would say that's a kind of kind of really key thing where we're super strong and why companies love to work with us. So I'd like to say congratulations on the recent uh, Series A funding. It's a massive achievement for both yourself and the whole team. Can you explain what Series A funding is and what it means for automatic AI moving forward? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, it was, uh, let's say, after after a rough 2020, it was a good ending. Um, puts a lot of positive light for the few, few, uh, few years ahead. So we've always been a very capital-efficient company because we have a technical founding team. So, and also coming from Finland, uh, I, I don't think we've ever had this attitude, let's solve problems through money and people. It's usually let's, you, let's solve these problems through technology because, well, that's the only thing we can do. So we've been super capital efficient so far. But I would say what Series A means for us, and we kind of, we're almost a late Series A in a way that, the only reason we raised because we started to become more and more dominant and aggressive in this market and we were ready to double down. Um, so what Series A means to us is to really kind of create this market and show the standard and become the number one player um, when it comes to customer service automation. And, and that's why we're super grateful to be able to work with such great, like already our investors, Holtring and Mackey, they've been help, help, helping so much the past few years and now having Omerus and Felicis join which are both like an amazing amazing funds and amazing partners we get to work with really sets up in us into the let's say the right tracks but um, I also, also uh, maybe I'm a bit finished I always think that this is kind of uh, now the work starts in a way now we need to really grow and, and show that uh, uh, we can do this so what have you got planned moving forward into into next year we still we still believe this because this is a new market. We still believe that 
it's, it's all about the product. We believe that the best product will win this market, even though it's almost a cliche to say the best product won't, but because it's a whole new market and there's a, there's a bunch of players. I think now it's consolidating a bit, um, but they all have a little bit of a different approach. So nobody has really standardized how things should, should be done. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to invest in product. Uh, we're going to make the core product. We have, and the great thing about, I think, what I'm excited is that we know, we know what we want to do. Like, there's so many opportunities um, that we see that we're just, like, excited to get to start building. And I think majority, almost, of the funding will just kind of go to our product and then also AI research. But then that being said, as these things are new for companies, we also want to create a, like a world-class customer success team. Our customer success is a bit different than, like, let's say, typical SaaS companies because we are an AI-first company. Also, these solutions require kind of um, a bit of a tailoring or design skills. So it's not just that you log in and that's it. You actually have to do something and, and understand how the system works and how your process works. So it's really important for us to keep investing in that support layer for our customers so they can get to success as fast as possible and not have to figure things out for six to 12 months. So I think that's another thing. And then we still think that Europe is going to be the kind of growth center for us. We're super strong here. Um, it's a nice kind of language diverse market, but we, we do where you have customers in the U S so we're kind of, let's say starting our journey there. Um, but of course we'll see how this COVID pans out, but it's looking quite good. What tips would you give any entrepreneur who has an early stage startup that they want to really start growing? Really, like, I'm a really a product person. It comes down to the product. So uh, it really depends on what kind of founder you are. You can build a company, um, building something quickly, and then sell, 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 and like create an amazing brand. And then you kind of catch up with product. That, that, that's cool. That, that works for many companies. But at least for me, I feel like if you just really think about the product in a way that how can I build something that people really want and, and how can I actually understand who the customer is and build the perfect product for them. And by perfect, I don't mean product that looks great or even is without bugs, but really solves the, the one problem that you're doing. And then I think another thing is important there is that people forget to think about distribution. So I think, was it uh, some, some um, founders said that uh, first-time founders think about product and second-time founders think about distribution. So I think if you, when you build your product, you should, from almost day one, think about how will my customers buy this? How will my customers get the value? And if you really like, build that within the product, it makes everything so much easier. So then when you iterate and you find something that, let's say, this niche customer segment is always the better focus versus go wide, niche customer segment, 10 people love, and then there's a way for their friends or whoever, uh, other similar companies, to also get access to that product without you having to do a 12-month implementation for them. That's, a, let's say, a powerful combination that might really kind of uh, explode in a positive way. So I would say my tip is, it's, it's really kind of amazing, amazing, amazing focused product for a really well-defined customer segment that has distribution built in within day one. If you just be patient and keep doing that, that's, that's, that would be my formula of success. And 
How important do you think business communities are, such as the Tribe and Platform 6 community? Um, how important do you reckon they are for people who are budding entrepreneurs? I think like this, this is such a marathon building a company, especially if you're, you're uh, anyway successful. It's, it, it takes even longer. Um, it's so important not to be isolated. Now we know during COVID, it's not fun to be isolated. And while you build a company, like you have your co-founders, of course, but it's important to have this kind of a network around you, to have the support when you need it, uh, for you to be able to kind of get some ideas, inspiration, see others doing well. If others are also dropping the ball, you can feel like, well, I'm not the only one always dropping the ball. So like we are social animals. Like I, I, I don't believe in uh, isolation. So I think that's that's why it's really important. And it doesn't mean that you have to be be there every night drinking beer with everybody and every single event. Like you should really focus on your company. But just having still the support network will help you and then you will help them. And for anyone who does want to follow Ultimate AI's progress, where would be the best way for them to find you? Well, I think uh, we're quite active on, on LinkedIn and Twitter. I think those two are the kind of the main main avenues. We're actually even just now, like uh, our marketing team is very new. They've been in the company um, now, now a year. So we're now kind of, I always say we're coming out of the basement. Uh, so you will hear more, more from us. So I would say LinkedIn and Twitter, follow us on Twitter, follow us on LinkedIn, and you should get almost daily updates where we are in our journey. But I'd, I'd just like to say thanks for coming on and um, spending some time having a chat to us. I know our listeners would find it like really engaging and, and really useful. Um, is there anything else you'd like to either shout out or let people know about? Well, yeah, of course. Super excited to kind of be there, I think, uh, here. Um, I would say a big shout out to the whole uh, to the whole Tambere community. I remember we started in, uh, I don't know what it was called back then, um, but now it's the now it's a platform six. We thought that was Startup Hub. But um, I would say a big shout out to the whole community, but especially the the f- first ones who were scrappy enough to leave New Factory and um, go to the old Nordia moldy office we had back then and really kind of hustle your way, way uh, to this amazing platform six that you have today supported by the, the whole city. So I, I would... That, that, that's good entrepreneurship spirit. So I like big shout out there. I think everybody's been so successful who's been part of that. So um, yeah, that's my shout out. But thanks for your time, Retu. It's been great. Thanks, Harry. So again, I'd like to thank Retu for coming on and being a part of our podcast. We're going to be taking a break now over the holidays and we'll see you guys again in January.